What's happening, weirdos? If there's anything you want, if there's anything you need, McFeely's Delivery brings it to you with speed. Speedy Delivery is a speedy delivery. Speedy delivery to you. Whenever Mr. Rogers asks Mr. McFeely to sing that, I like to think that Mr. McFeely really doesn't want to, but he's like scared of Mr. Rogers. He's like, would you like, because he always asks them, he's uh-huh. like, would you like to sing the song? And he's like, oh, okay, Mr. Rogers. All <laughs> right, sure. Yes, of course. I mean, I don't always want to sing that song. There's no reason to believe Mr. McFeely always wanted it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, this is We Made It Weird. Mm-hmm. Val and I have a date yep. once a week. And we spend some of it with you guys That's because we love to catch up. That's right. I'm inching towards <laughs> you for a kiss. So November 22nd is the We Made It Weird live with Amy Mann and Moshe Kasher. Largo-LA.com for tickets. What were you going to say? That's it. Yeah, I was oh. going to say let's get going. And then December 14th is my next stand-up show. The last one was incredible. It had Judd Apatow. It had Brett Goldstein. Judd wasn't billed. <coughs> I say that to say there's always surprises. So yep. it's always a highlight of my month. Hope to see you out there if you can. Largo-LA.com for tickets to either of those. Uh, and as you probably know by now, we don't do traditional ads on this podcast. We only do things that we love and believe in. And one of those for sure is Living Libations, which is our skin, hair, eye, teeth, Everything, yeah. everything, skin care, body care company. For years, I, I, I just recently realized I was being very mindful about what I was eating, but I wasn't being careful about what I was putting on my body. Of course, what we put on our body ends up in our bodies. I didn't really put that together. <laughs> I was buying shaving cream and face washes that I thought were fancy and good because they were expensive, to be quite honest, and because they were French sounding and they were sold in malls that had nice candles lit in them. Uh, but they're filled with toxicity levels and chemicals linked to disease. It was just never intended for humans. It's just not right. It's made by corporations that don't care about you. So when I found out about Living Libations, it was a huge game changer because I realized I wanted to eat food where I recognize the ingredients. And I want, of course, my skin care, my hair care, my teeth care, my teeth care to be the same. So enter Living Libations. They've we're top to tails. Everything we do, our baby stuff, our uh, face sunscreen. wash, sunscreen every morning. We finally found an actual natural sunblock that works. It's called Love the Sun, I believe. You can just go livinglibations.com/weird. My deodorant currently. And uh, use promo code weird for twenty percent off. I use their exfoliating scrub, which I love to plug here. The ginger exfoliating scrub. I'm actually using their peppermint exfoliating scrub mm-hmm. right now. It's made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize in real and natural, and it works. It's the most badass, powerful exfoliating scrub I've ever used in my life. I also use their Zen Shave to shave with, which is such a clean and natural Zen uh, Zen shaving balm that you can actually use a dab of it as the aftershave. It'll it'll go right into your skin. It's that natural and clean. And at night, we both use their Best Skin Ever moisturizer, which smells great, feels great, and gets your skin looking great before bed. So I promise, this is a great way to support the show 
Whatever you need for skin, face, body, eyes, teeth, baby care, Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at 7-Eleven. So show your support and show your body some support. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD at checkout to get 20% off and show your support of this show. Speaking of things we love and believe in, Val and I are both huge believers in talk therapy. For both of us, it has been a huge game changer at pivotal moments in our life. There are certain stigmas, there are certain fears that keep people from seeking help for mental health. Uh, This podcast in large part is about getting over that, like whether it's your family judging you or treating you differently. Meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as helpful and just as normal, frankly, as hiring a personal trainer to work on your physical health uh, or going to the foot doctor. It's the same sort of thing. Talking helps. It really, really helps way more than the sum of its parts. And Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, tablet, or computer. So it couldn't be easier. Unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist anytime via text, video, or voice. It's 100% secure and stigma-free the way therapy should be. I uh, started seeing a talk therapist, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book and podcast is available now. (laughs) He's a wonderful talk therapist. I was going to get coached through a breakup. Of course, that was hugely important. I really needed help to get there. And I knew, frankly, I knew that my family is not a therapy family. And I'm so glad that I didn't let that stop me because those conversations and also, frankly, not even his advice, just having someone to hear me and be and bear witness to what I was going through helped me put some things together that I don't I know I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And at Talkspace, uh, you can do this too. Not only that, but your privacy and your security are their number one priority. Their app puts you in a private room with just you and the therapist. You can send messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day which I think is great. You don't have to wait for a weekly appointment. And their encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. So if you've been interested in talk therapy, you've heard us talk a lot about it on this podcast, I think Talkspace is a great way to start moving forward with that decision. Join Talkspace today, uh, and you can do it with just a single message. Go to Talkspace.com. Get 100 bucks off your first month when you use promo code WEIRD. At sign up. Oh, I didn't let you do it for the last one. Yeah. Sorry. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com with promo code WEIRD. Get some help and show your support of this podcast. Last but not least, I'm right here by Freddy Treddy, my old treadmill. I I know, but it, it reads, it speaks to the ad. It's very cute. Is what I'm saying is I'm always jumping in between devices. I'm either here at the computer and I'm writing and I got my earbuds in, or I'm on the treadmill and I'm working out and I'm using my phone. It's really important to have tech that can swap between devices all day seamlessly, and most importantly, stay super, super comfortable. And this is where Ultimate Ears by uh, Logitech comes in. We all rely on our devices. It's so easy to forget about the hardware we're born with, which of course is the ear. Same as fingerprints, no two are exactly alike, and that's why your earbuds probably, if you're like me, cause you some discomfort or even physical pain if you wear them for a while. The Ultimate Ears Fit True Wireless Custom Fit Earbuds from Ultimate Ears are here to change all of that. These are the most comfortable earbuds I've ever owned in my life. The phone picks up and syncs to them perfectly and seamlessly, so does my computer. But really the headline is, 
it, they have this unbelievable molding experience. You get them, you unbox them, you download the app, you put them in your ear, they're sort of amorphous, and they gently warm up and the light hardens them to the shape of your ears. It's so fun to watch, it's like this purple light. I actually looked at myself in the mirror and watched them expand, sort of like when you roll up an ear uh, an earplug and you put it in your ear and it expands in the custom fit. That's what these are but for earbuds, which is incredible. Ultimate Ears Fits are the world's most comfortable earbuds with premium sound and all-day comfort. You get a guaranteed perfect fit in 60 seconds. I can attest to that. Ultimate Ears Fits will stay put when you're on the go, but feel ultra comfortable so you can wear them all day long without pain or discomfort, which is huge for me because as a sound-sensitive person, I have to have music on when I'm working. Using groundbreaking light form technology, Ultimate Ears Fits mold to the unique contours of your ear, put them in connect to the app and the purple LEDs form the earbuds to your unique shape. If you try fits and don't love them as much as I do, don't worry about it. Ultimate Ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's how confident they are that you're going to love them. Plus, you'll get free shipping, free returns, and a one-year warranty. So, for a limited time, get 15% off your pair of Ultimate Ears Fits True Wireless Earbuds at UE, like Ultimate Ears, UE.com slash fits. Just use promo code WEIRD at checkout, which we actually have. Ultimate Ears was nice and gave me a pair. That's how I knew I loved them. That's how we started working together. We've used this code to get Val a pair because she was so jealous of how perfectly fitting mine were. So so now we both have them. That's 15% off with promo code at ue.com slash fits and show your support of the podcast. All right, guys. Hope to see you at Largo for the live We Made It Weird or maybe the stand-up show. Uh, And in the meantime, enjoy this wonderful chat. I did. Did you? I did. I enjoyed it. Let's go to dinner and have more I know. It really feels like we're trying to get to dinner, and we are. So, (laughs) get into it. (laughs) Isn't that one of America's favorite sounds? It's the sound of America. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you something I've never liked? What? When people say Merca. Yeah. But even as a joke. I I think that's controversial. I bet there's a... I love Merca, and I'm like... I don't like that. I do, but I bet sixty percent of the people listening say it occasionally. Say it like as a joke. Yeah, but say it like you know, America. Oh, I guess I. I think that sixty percent would still agree with me that sometimes it's a little mean spirited. Yeah, I don't or know. Like sometimes it's. A, you know, for me, it's just a little bit. I still say it maybe occasionally if the well, then I love strikes, it. but it is like kind of overdone. Well, I don't know. Maybe we just have different relationships with Mirka, but because, like, I guess this is an interesting area for me is always trying to keep in mind that everybody is just you in a different situation, mm-hmm. right? Like Lady You and <laughs> Baker You. What no one could see because this is a podcast is you pose like like Jessica Rabbit or <laughs> like, Betty Boop. Like you're pushing up your hair. Ooh, Lady You. No, I, I mean in a way that might be a little bit more applicable uh, or more practical, which is that like people like you're sort of making fun of like ham and eggers, a term that I like. 
Yeah. Which is like they unironically celebrate every like Fourth of July or Independence <laughs> or whatever it might be Independence Day. But is there Fourth of July, Independence Day? <laughs> Those <laughs> yeah. are the same holidays. The firework one. The, the firework one, one in the summer. Uh, the time we got our freedom from the British. <laughs> And they go to, they, and I'm not saying this, I know uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe last week I went on my big snob run, but now I'm going to represent the other side of my personality, which is the better, the kinder part, which is like, lady me, let's call it lady Betty Boop me, which is like, I I feel like when coastal elites say Merca, it's like a code for like saying like track, like you're looking down. You're saying like yeah. people who like Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> I look. I like Hobbs and Shaw. I'll watch it on an airplane. But I, to me, Merca can be that way of just belittling a huge swath of people. Yeah. And this goes to my my point. That's like, true. I get it. It's fun. And I'm belittling whole swaths of people all the time. It's a huge part of comedy is like the comfort in going like, you know, real murka people. Yeah. You know? I'm not I'm not holding taking that away from anybody. But if you took one of a good number of those people and put mm-hmm. us on a road trip or as I always say, if one of us saved the other's life or something, mm-hmm. what I'm missing like as I am more and more a coastal elite is some sense of connection to people who aren't like me. Yeah. Like it's weird that I have so many people that I can talk about uh, how much I like my sauna with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Like, yeah. like I'm also, what am I? And I don't want I don't want the Merca people. I'm jokingly calling them the Merca people. Calling me the Hollywood snowflake, snowflake snobby snobby wobby. What's a snowflake? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've heard um, that before. It means I'm fractal and impossible to replicate. I think that's what they mean. And shimmery. Yeah, they're like, look at that shimmery, fractal, impossible to replicate man. Oh God, I want him on my tongue. Oh God, I want that on my tongue. What a snowflake. That's how I take all the tweets. When people are like, you snowflake. I'm like, you just want me on your tongue. <laughs> um, Hit it. I always thought that... it. W- I think you're right. I think now that I sit with it more, it is like belittling kind of middle America. Um, but I always took it as like... It's just a little acknowledgement of like, hey, we're the worst, right? <laughs> like I hear America's that. America's the worst, right? Well, <laughs> so you're I- like, you know... You just United States of America, and you're like, yeah, because we just kind of are the worst. Well, it's interesting. I mean, like, yes and no. Everything, like, the bigger the light, the bigger the shadow. It's the same with a person as it is with a country. Mm-hmm. And if you do have all these things that are great about a country, you're going to have all of this stuff that is like so fucked up about the country. Yeah. And, and I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel sure. like it's, I mean, no, nothing is. Yeah, everything has both sides. But I actually, what I'm actually saying is if you keep getting even better and better and better, and we do have like innovation, film, invention, you know, there are all these things that like America, like my dad, right? You know, my dad. (laughs) Take my dad, for example. I like that we we saw a plane flying overhead. My dad and I aren't from the same generation. I know that's weird. But my father's from a different generation. Believe it or not. B-I-O-T-N. B-I-O-N. B-O-N. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> took me a minute. We saw an airplane going overhead. 
And my dad, and I quote my dad often to kind of get chuckles. I didn't think this was terrible. It actually gave me like a nice moment, but I, it wasn't perfect. Here's what he said. He goes, he was driving me to the airport, which is a thrill. <laughs> If you've never been driven by a very confident older man in Boston to the, to the airport, uh, you don't need coffee that morning. It's it's like a butt clencher. He drives like water, like water pouring out of a cup. Like there, it's very fluid, but there's not a lot of like mirror checking. There's a lot of like lane shifting, and it's the only thing that will make you relieved to fly. Like that's when you get to the airport, you're like, thank God we're done taking risks today. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so true. And a plane went over because we were getting close to the airport. And he went, it's a miracle. And I was like, hey, that's saying something that's kind of like what I would say. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that is a miracle. And he's like, of course it was developed in America. And I understand that he's taking it like he's doing that thing that it's like wearing a jersey that says Red Sox. It's like their greatness is my greatness because of my location. Right, but yeah. that, so that's sort of icky. That's not my issue with it, but okay. Oh, what, what was your issue with <laughs> it's it? It's just like Russia was just as good at. You mean the Reds? <laughs> I don't even know if that's okay. To, that just means communist, right? It's like Russia was just as good at, like, just as close at getting a man on the moon as us. You know, like Japan has a million like Were they? medical. <laughs> you know, just like kidding. I'm just having fun. I yeah. I know what you mean. I just well, like, that's back. just that's the that's actually the part of America that I don't like is that we're like we're the best and that's, that's it's it. hubris. Yeah, it's hubris. We have 75 foot hot dogs for 35 cents, mm-hmm. but then you see like the pink sludge spilling out of the back of a of a slaughterhouse and like it gives everyone in a 30 mile radius. This is an exaggeration, but it gives all these people a disease. Uh, that is everyone knows. Yeah, Icarus flying too close to the sun. Like we we you can get like. 50 cow heads for 20 cents slammed into a Slim Jim. You know what I mean? Yeah. The abundance has this this shadow. And my dad obviously has like a, a bit of that like we're number one going on in that sentence yes, for sure. That whole but there, generation. there was a sweetness to it where I was like if you were to take a moment that makes me proud to be an American and there's a lot of reasons I'm proud to be an American I think freedom of religion is incredible and very novel Uh, all of those all of those declarations (laughs) but the Wright brothers boy I'm 42 Val fucking hit me in the face with an oar you just said you were proud to be an American (laughs) well I don't want us to always be poo-pooing you know there's a lot of countries there are there are countries that have problems that we don't have yes I am uh, and it's like a person for some of the freedoms that we have yes (laughs) of course we are of course we are we just have we're just a young country and we have a long way to go yes and a lot of the things that we're the best at are the worst things you're talking I mean I understand food is always the thing I go to we had like a food shortage and we solved it with chemistry that on one hand is like a miracle like the population was growing and we were like what are we going to do to science and we went to science and this is where we get like Monsanto so it becomes the worst but the 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 ambition Throw me in the garbage. I'm done. I'm done. I'm the History Channel. I'm I think done. it's kind of cute. 
cute. It's but it is also like, yeah, you're a successful, uh, perfect demographic. To like the country, to like yeah, this country well, is you're for thinking, you. You're, you're, specifically. you're thinking of individuals. I'm I'm really thinking of a country. I know there are problems, and I'm not trying to put down China or India, but I'm just saying there's like uh, unhoused issues that are not happening on the same. I know they're happening here. <laughs> Do, oh, I almost called you, dude. I've dude. been to Uganda. I've been to okay. the I've been to the slums. You know what I mean? Like I I went Me in too. the. Okay, well then let's have a, a titty fight. You take yours out. I'll take mine out. I can't solve it. I can't solve it. But you've done it. You've you've chicken bastered life into me, and I wasn't sure would have anything to talk about today. And I am doing Ryu's karate spinning leg kick. What I'm saying is that you can. No, you can is the same thing with punch forward. Listen. I'm just saying the Wright brothers pushing that funk, funky, funky-looking plane on a hill, and it gets up in the air. That does feel kind of like cool and American. Would it be cool if it happened in Germany? Yes. I. I this is the one thing that I can say. I enjoy being in a place where we're just kind of like sitting around, going like, "Well, the redcoats aren't shooting at us anymore." What? What? What do we say? We take to the skies. Like I'll yeah. still accept like a Walt Disney sort of, you know, it's a sepia-toned America yeah. that still kind of gets my patriotic wanger, you know, to noon. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. We have so much criticism and stuff. I, I can get on board with like. Because we're, we fed our people, like think about the 50s, like we were like feeding everybody, we were building like highways, mm-hmm. we developed the suburbs. Yeah. These were solutions that, that yeah. was like, that's what you only get with a new country. Mm-hmm. You know when you need a do-over? Yeah. Like you get a new computer and your desktop is clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sort yeah. of what America that's was. A good, that's a good way to put it. And we had the land. Like Britain is like the size of Rhode Island. It's great, but it's tiny. Yeah. We, we had to come out well, here for Purple land. Mountains. The chunk of land is... Purple Mountains. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the chunk of land is great, but it's stolen. It's no, I know. I, I completely know. But also, I was going to say, you're making me realize, I because I for a second I was like, I don't know if I've ever felt patriotic in my life but that's not true i can think of three times one was when obama was elected the first time me too i was with melania and we heard the horns honking and that's how we knew we were having dinner and we knew he won because we heard horns honking like cabs and stuff it was like a great america i was gonna say america but a great america moment yeah and when i watch him giving the speech in chicago i still but okay, this is what. Sorry, I, I interrupted. No, well, I was just gonna say the other was when I saw Hamilton. Uh, that's a great example, <laughs> yeah. and that's the genius of Hamilton is that it brought all this diversity and all of this art into something that is sort of complicated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the other was when they had soaring over America, like they had soaring over California. Yeah, soaring and, over America will get you feeling pretty proud. And that's at Disneyland. So, and Disneyland in general is sort of what I like about America. Mm-hmm. Because Capitol... And I, I, we should have a sociologist or, or, or an anthropologist. I don't know who's an, a political scientist on mm-hmm. that could explain what is really great about America. <laughs> but what I think... Because it's not going to be me. Because I'm telling you that what I like about it is like there are some extremely 
good sides to capitalism. There's some really fucking terrible sides to it as well. Mm-hmm. And you you alluded to some of them. Like, it's built on the backs of slaves and, and massacred Native people. Like, that's a huge... We'll never recover. Yeah. We'll never recover. Yeah. And I feel like when we're teasing the Mercas, we're going like, look at these people. Now we're, we're veering into my favorite, which is spiritual non-dualism and all that sort of stuff. We're saying, look at these people who are only looking at the light. And they're going like, it's, it's winning time, it's Bud Light time, it's grilling time. And then, I, if I will say, the liberals, and obviously I'm, farm, I'm liberal, th- we're the ones going like, but the factory farms that killed those cows, and what about these uh, people that didn't have the opportunities, and you're standing on literally a graveyard of, of these oppressed peoples and stuff. And the answer is somewhere in the middle. I'm trying to get into a subtlety of going like, I don't want to be the person... I was just talking about how my father stopped drinking and he was like, he goes, it's evil. I really, he said, I really do have to think of it as evil. Mm. That's what he said. And I was like, I'd like to, especially as I'm getting older, combat even the temptation to go, America sucks. It's a nightmare. There's something good about it. And I know there is. And this is why I like this conversation more than just like. I said unhoused problem. We have a huge unhoused problem. Like yeah. the people live on our streets. Like I, I was just pulling off the highway and I see, it reminds me of Uganda. I was like, look, there it is. There's like a, under this bridge, like our own little, so yes, but like, what is the light? I'm seeing a lot of the shadow. What is the light? What do you love about America, Valerie? Go for it. You go to the Americana and you and you walk in your high heels, click yeah, clack, click clack. I do. I, and I you, don't wear high heels. But. I like to picture you in a in a white gown. Yeah, sure. I mean, I that's like a, an example of buying into the capitalism myth and the Americana is that I like every every once in a while, I like to have like a day. The Americana is like an outdoor mall here in LA. And I like to have a little day where I go by myself and I get some lunch. And, and I there's walk. like a fountain that is coordinated to music. Like it syncs up with like, it's like Fantasia. Yep. That's some good America, and, America yeah. right there. And you get a little like, coffee. Broom, 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 broom. Everyone agrees. Yeah, we all love that. Everybody loves that. Yeah. I mean, in Disneyland is that way too. It's like, you know, people really are right when they're like, this is like capitalism at its worst. And it's like. That's true, and I have I have some of the best memories of my life. I was going to say, and look at Leela's face. She's yeah. like, like we we just went. It was one of the. It'll be a fond memory for me for the rest of my life. I picked up Leela. I want. Did I already tell the Shakey's Pizza thing? No. Okay. It just I happened. Yeah, it just happened. We went. I picked her up. I took her to the park. I was going to give you a break, and I took her to the park. And as soon as we got to the park, she was like. Uh, I want to go. <laughs> and like, if there's anything I relate to as a human, it's showing up at a party. And that's what a park is. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a party for kids. Mm-hmm. And just going like, I'm not in the mood. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of like, I don't like the look of this group. The slide looks hot. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, sure, let's go. And we got in the car. I was like, but what are we going to do? And I was like, oh, my God, Shakey's Pizza. Shakies.com slash weird. I'm just kidding. How did you know about Shakies? I pass it all the time. It's on Sunset. Yeah. And you mentioned that you liked Shakies Pizza. No, I didn't. I thought you did. Somebody else did. I didn't okay, even know Shakies. Gonna... I didn't know. I we I pass Shakies all the time too, but I didn't even know it was a pizza place. There's a joke I could make, but I'm not going to. Why? Uh, everyone listening knows. Shakies is a pizza place? No, but if there is a place called Shakies. Look, I'm. 
You could say it's she- an alcohol treatment center. Like you get the no, shakes. No, shakey's I'm just saying a chicken restaurant. I knew it was a restaurant. No, Bubba, you're misunderstanding. I'm saying who shakes. And you say like it's a place where you treat alcoholism because people get the shakes. Yeah. But these are these are off-color jokes. I'm not. I'm- sure, but it started <laughs> with you being like, everybody knows that's a pizza place. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. You misunderstood me. All right, I think I just made the wrong face because I was thinking about... <laughs> the alcoholics. I was trying to think of a, an appropriate way. Who gets the shakes that's not punching two down? <laughs> and really, I feel like in five years, even that alcoholic, that'll be... No. Um, eh. Yeah. Eh. 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 It is a disease. It is a disease. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's sad. The times I've seen someone shaking, it's like the saddest thing. I regret it. <laughs> I regret it to the same proportion that I love thinking about the Wright brothers going, flip the dippity doo. That's what they called the propeller because they didn't have names. And it's the thing that goes dip 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 What do you mean you want to call it a propeller? It goes dip 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 So anyway, I realized that there was a Shakey's Pizza because I passed it on Sunset all the time. And I was like, oh my God, Shakey's Pizza. It's like slightly classier Chuck E. Cheese, which I didn't know. I just wanted to go with my daughter to a place with arcing uh, brick. You know, it looks like little pizza ovens on the wall. Uh uh, Wacky stuff on the walls. And I wanted to sit in a booth, preferably a red booth, Mm -hmm. and split a pizza. We get there, and this comes back to America and capitalism. Uh, We get there and we order the pizza. They asked for my vaccination card, which I showed. and then my. But they didn't ask for my ID, which I thought was funny. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah, I was just like, this like, is... we're halfway there. This is just theater. I'm just showing you a photo of... I could literally Google image search a vaccination card, and as long as it's not Patty Vasquez, I'm going to get in. Who's a real comedian in Chicago? <laughs> Very sweet girl. Anyway, I um, we went in, and then I realized that they have an arcade, and we went in, and I had this great realization where I was like, wait, I'm the grown-up. Yeah, I put a twenty in. I my pockets were like weighed down Aww. with so many tokens. Leela loved the tokens. Yeah, and this is sort of in the ballpark. Just like the fact that we have change machines. I put this currency in. Out comes this fake currency. She loves the sound. And then we're winning tickets. She sat on my lap and played like a, a racing game, and she got to drive all the while. A pizza is being cooked for me. Ugh. And then we turned in the tickets that we won from various. Very fun, real like Barnum and Bailey wet dream. Like you press the button and a ball comes out. And if you got it in the hole, you get five tickets. You know, like (laughs) it's so fucking fun. And she can do it because it's just one button. Mm -hmm. And then we take it to the counter. Oh, then you put the tickets in a machine that counts them. Like, and I'm like, we have 300 tickets. And she wanted like three or four little bouncy balls, which is only like 30 tickets. And I just was like, oh, we're good. You can keep those. And we took the balls. And one of those little things that you invert. It's yes, like a and little I love cup, those. And you invert it, and you put it on the table, and it goes... Oh, wait, it looks like a better. diaphragm. And it shoots up in the air. Mm-hmm. All of this shit. Okay, that thing was made in China mm-hmm. in circumstances that I can't vouch for. You know what I mean? There's a huge shadow to all of this. Yeah. The milk, the cows, the, plastic. the, the workers, the, even the vaccine thing. I'm like, this is this safe? Like, you just kind of... The plastic, that thing, we've already lost it. It's yeah. going in a landfill. It's going in an ocean. There's yeah. all of this shit. Yeah. And... 
And this is the real subtle place. We've got to hold us in between. I'll give you all of that if you give me Leela literally jumping up and down. Yeah. Like 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 you like anybody would see that and be like, this is this is beautiful. Yeah. Like I feel like leaning too far into the shadow is too bad. And leaning too far into the and that brings us back to Murka. Murka, the stereotype is we don't care about where our gasoline comes from. We don't care where our food comes from. We don't care about groups that don't look like us. And we're going to like even fireworks are like the definition of waste and yeah. emissions yeah. and noise. But and like imposing. I don't want to be too far on any side of an issue. Yeah, sure. It's always the living in the tension of it of it all. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's easy for you to say because you are the benefactor <laughs> of of the of the system. Well, I guess I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And that's I love that. Like we can spend the the next part of the podcast shitting, but I do like a, a nice. <laughs> I'm the right brothers. They're off. <laughs> <laughs> and does it matter that it like couldn't it just be human ingenuity? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I just like that we got to a place of stability that we got to do some interesting things. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're so stable, all we do is order takeout and, and fart into Pringles cans. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Uh huh. It's going to be a, a an impossibly younger or hungrier economy that might like shake it up, just like a person. Yeah. Like America is now Harrison Ford. Little too comfortable, little too old. Yeah. There's a country that's going to be like Michael B. Jordan that's going to like come up and they're going to start doing shit. Yeah. Obviously, it won't be a new country, but it would be like a new, a new uh, superpower, well, a new I whatever you want to call it. I think hopefully the things that are being sh- shaken up are these systems of oppression that got us to, you know, like I feel like the generations before us of our demographic of white, straight, People. I'm not straight. No. <laughs> I'm bifurious. That explains a lot. <laughs> I just wanted to be special. Don't clump me in with your group. I'm off white. <laughs> um, Sorry. But no, but just it, that there was such focus on like, this is the greatest country. And, it, and it's not just America. It is like a lot of the Western world. Like I'm watching Downton Abbey uh, again for the sixth time probably. And they're in World War One right now. And, like, it's so interesting to watch, like, the, you know, it's about, like, the, the men wanting to, wanting to, like, sign up for service. Right. Be, just for the self-respect, just yes. to fight for the king. Right. It's Captain America going, like, what do you mean I can't fight? I want to fight. And yes. he's scrappy. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine wanting to do something like that. But, like, it is a whole value system that just generations have. And and there is something probably that we can, you know, that we're pin- pendulum swinging from that we might recover later. But right now we're in the pendulum swing of being like, hey, you, like you said, you're only looking at the progress and the ways that it benefits this very small amount of people uh, and here's the underbelly of all of that. Like, you need to look at this. Right. And so that's how things, I think, are going to get all shaken up and moved. And then, you know, there are I, some of my favorite activists that I follow would say that they are extremely patriotic, that they love participating in the democratic system and pro- and protesting is a big part of that. I remember my um, 
teacher, Mr. Bursud. He was my favorite teacher. I know Mr. Bursud. <laughs> um, he, he, you do know him. He's the one that did, did the zebra cake story. I mean, you know of him. Zebra cake? Remember? Okay, so this is my favorite teacher. I thought you were more eco. Yeah. Yeah, I know that story. Um, he like, he looks ki- kind of like the Lorax. And in fact, he used to read the Lorax and like do a great voice. But he, he was a deadhead. So he had like a really like long curly mop of hair and a huge like, hand, not handlebar mustache, but like a walrus mustache. Mm. And he was an old hippie and he taught at Eureka High. And I, uh, I was taking practical law from him my freshman year and he so the story i was referring to for anybody who's wondering the words we're saying is my brother had him five years before i had him and my brother had like a hostess zebra cake once on his um desk (laughs) and mr rasud went he had like his glasses and he was always straightening his glasses and he went uh cheney i would have thought you're Diet would have been a little more eco groovy than a zebra cake. <laughs> we just loved that, and we story. still say eco groovy because yeah. of that. Yeah, and zebra cake. Um, I forgot that part. Yeah. So anyway, he. I remember one of the very first things he had us do was go around the room and say which we thought was more patriotic, a flag or a protest sign. Mm. Like, what's a better symbol of, for the country? And I just remember being like, what do you mean? Like, obviously it's a flag. That's insane. But is a symbol for the country or is like a a, a representation of patriotism? Well, you could say a symbol for the country because what it's symbolizing is democracy, which is like the foundation of this country. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I think that that is on topic with what we're saying. I think the Merca people, which we're trying to shed light on and have more understanding of, or what you're teasing is it's all flag. Mm-hmm. It's all flag. It's all flag. But when you, uh, I think it was John Quincy Adams, or it might be some I, somebody. Don't look at me, buddy. <laughs> Let me. You have better luck going to the real John Quincy Adams for an answer up <laughs> on this one. Uh, something about how true patriots are the ones that like dissent and yeah. they love their country enough. To like fight for it, but again, it's it's like everything. I here's the rub though, and I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Uh, like loyalty to an idea is how you get great things. Mm. I, I'm going to draw a parallel. I watched that movie Donut King, and it's about how um, a Cambodian immigrants be, made all the donut shops pretty much in Los Angeles and like put Dunkin' Donuts out of business. It's a good movie. I recommend it. It was it was a nice watch. And what they did was, so one specific Cambodian immigrant started it because he got trained at another donut shop, mm. at, which is, I think, so badass, sort of like gangster to, to like get trained by Krispy Kreme or whoever it was, mm-hmm. use that training to open his own shop. It's It's sort of like sneaky but yeah. it's it's sort of badass too he's like yeah. wait i didn't sign anything that said i wouldn't make donuts for myself in my own job mm-hmm. so then he started doing it then he started training other people and the way that it was so lucrative at the beginning was because everybody was so desperate uh they were fleeing cambodia there had been a horrible 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 genocide mm-hmm. it's one of those movies where you're watching and you're like 
you're not allowed to complain fucking ever. Yeah. And then they came here and they're these families. And one of the ways they kept their bottom line really low and their profit really high was everything was done by people in their family. I don't mean like cousins. I mean like their children worked the register. The mom was making this and the dad was cleaning or whatever it was. Mm. So they didn't have to pay anybody. Mm. It all stayed in the family. It would be like if Leela swept up, we wouldn't pay Leela. And Leela also wouldn't be like, hey, where's my money? So everything stayed in the business. And then it became more and more uh, lucrative, more uh, successful. And then what happens is you have a generation of that and everybody's making millions of dollars. And then the next thing, they're a victim of their own success. Yeah. Because now they can afford to send the, their kids' kids can now send their kids to college. Yeah. And guess what kids who go to college don't want to do? Run a donut shop. Yes, exactly. They, they want to make apps or they want to do this or that. They want to see the world. So they're victims of their own success and it starts to sort of fizzle. And then Dunkin' Donuts starts getting its stronghold. Uh, not they're still there but you know what i'm saying like they can't compete in the same way that they were at their peak yeah what i'm saying is america in a similar way when it was young and scrappy captain america stereotype world war ii stereotype people want to enlist Uh, they believe in something yes frankly because they don't have as much comfort so there's more suffering there's more grit Mm -hmm. there's more fight so you want to, you believe in something bigger, which is the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the weirdest things that I've learned, or mo- one of the most interesting things I've learned about human history is things like the Aztecs, like these civilizations, or Egypt, or like ancient Greece, obviously, but like huge civilizations, meaning masses of people mm-hmm. that do, that change the world, mm-hmm. always believe in their country and usually believe in the same God. Mm-hmm. You need like extreme tribalism, like yeah. intense, we're going to do this and we're going to do it because we believe in the flag. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking about this. This is the phenomenon with gurus. Like we're all here for Osho. We're all here for this guy or this guy or this guy. That's where you get, I'm rewatching Wild Wild Country. That's where you get tens of thousands of people moving to the middle of nowhere to literally build a a city. They need to believe in the same ideology and they need to be unambiguous about that ideology. And that's where you get chained. So now you have a bunch of farts like us who are like, yeah, America's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I I agree because we've been schooled on the shadow in the same way that you're kind of like, yeah, working for a donut shop is pretty cool, but shouldn't I get paid? You know what I mean? So you lose... This weird, special, secret sauce of human success and mass. Mm-hmm. Like a huge group of people are going to succeed when they're suffering together, mm-hmm. when they're desperate together, and when they agree to believe on the same thing. And what's happening now is we're the third generation of, of Cambodian donut shops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting, though, is that there is, I totally, I think that's really smart and I totally agree. That helps me understand it. Um, And we've seen studies that prove that, like, people are happier and heal better when they believe that they're a part of something larger. Mm. Um, Which is just another way of remembering that we're all connected and that you're not isolated. But what's interesting is that the, like, American Western myth is about individualism. But it's like we all agree on this individualism That's right. thing. And then we're kind of the children of those people who have now experienced the like 
the isolation and the awfulness of individualism because if you take away that we all believe the same thing uh then it and you know then it's just really isolating um but yeah, i do think there's got to be a way to have the community and have the like i believe i'm part of something larger than me um without it being you know just like this blind kind of like I agree. I'll fight and die for well, this that's, flag. I think that's what makes the America again, I'm using that just to, for continuity. The America stereotype people is like the leftovers of what used to be kind of like a workable model, mm. which was like but it still is. Yeah. I'm actually going to take that back. There's no one in the military and I have respect for the military. I'm not I'm not putting anyone down. Yeah. That that is like a dingus like me. You mm-hmm. have to have, first of all, I'm a lover and a wizard. Those are my archetypes. <laughs> yeah. You need warriors. Yeah. And I've, I've had the privilege of, of uh, the person that gave me my five MEO. That was a, um, a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a guy, a SEAL. So like a real, and dude, I love this man. <laughs> this yeah. man is my brother. <laughs> like I yeah. love him. And I'm like, you are a warrior. Yeah. I'm a fancy boy in a cape. Yeah. With a staff, I'm Gandalf. Yeah, and and you're, uh, you're uh, Aragorn. You're mm-hmm. you, like we need you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I'm getting on this. So what I'm saying is, they they we the military like needs to have. They're not a dingus. It's, like and it's <laughs> what I'm saying is it's. I was saying like oh it's it's the it's the death rattle of of a patriotism that used to be true. That's not real. Like. Mm. There's there's still a lot of patriotism, yeah. patriotism and it's it I, I can't speak to it firsthand and I can't even speak to it third hand because the seal that I know is very nuanced. He's mm-hmm. he's incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. and I actually think there's probably like a donut king can't uh, Cambodian donut thing happening in the military where in an age of information where anybody can Google the real reason for the Iraq War or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it's probably harder. To, to keep us uh, unified under the same banner. Mm. And this you're seeing this with the vaccine, too. It's like mm-hmm. it's just harder to get a corporate shared mythology going. Yeah. And even if myths aren't entirely true, America is great or America is evil, they're incredibly useful in like congealing and securing people together to achieve to go to the fucking moon. Yeah. Nobody that went to the moon was like, America's great, but I mean like have you seen what we're doing to this, this, this? Like, there was a blind clarity. Oh, that's a paradox mm. to to that time that we what we won't have again. I don't know what we're going to do. That's why my guess is it's going to be either a subgroup in this country, potentially another country, but it's going to come from something oppressed mm. uh, that has a group identity, and that's yeah. what, what makes Wild Wild Country so compelling. As I was like, they were so close. Mm-hmm. They were so close that mm-hmm. that set up without Sheila and Sheila is, you know, obviously she didn't kill anybody, but she's, you know, I don't know spoilers, but she was she was rotten and America has its rotten thing. And then you're like, does stuff get done without the enforcer? Mm-hmm. Like, do you need the nasty person? The way I relate to that is in show business. I'm a friendly, sweet guy. Are my lawyers mm-hmm. when they get on the phone to work out a deal? Are they? I mean, they're good lawyers. It's the same firm as like Oprah. I I have to think these are serious lawyers. Are they my Sheila? And are are is the Sheila the people that 
we're like, look, there's some native peoples on these lands. I'm not saying I that's inexcusable, but like it seems like Well, it's self perpetuating, right? So it's just like it's like this idea of like what I, I we... wanna be really clear, I'm not saying that it was right what we did to the Native Americans. You know, yeah. I just got worried that people might think no, I'm think I'm backing so myself into clarify. Yes, that is and I am not that, on board. I I think that the idea of things don't get done without like kind of a a an evil an, person? Yeah, an enforcer who's willing to to inflict suffering on people is a myth. It is a mythology, that, that's what I was going to say. That is self-perpetuating. So it's this idea of like um okay, let's just like nobody wants war let's just stop being at war and it's like but who's going to be the first one to stop doing it because then we're going to get killed so this idea that like your lawyers i i'm let's take it out of your lawyers i don't know your lawyers but like it there's it's possible to have enneagram eight i actually think my lawyers are very nice yeah (laughs) um enneagram eights or warrior archetypes or pitta ayurvedic types these fiery, kind of righteous, angry people, we have that. That's a type of person that we have. And they could be used so beautifully to fight for what's good and to fight clean and to argue and to do all of those things without it ever being like, let's poison somebody yeah, for to get what the we salad want. Bar, yeah. But if one person starts doing that, then the other person has to fight back with something similar. And that is what happens in wild, wild country. Yeah, and that's what goes on. So it's like... And this is what Martin Luther... This is the genius of Jesus, and this is the genius of Martin Luther King, is these people that are like, no, we're out. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you're pulled to that level, the whole thing's fucked, and you fucked yourself. I'm paraphrasing Martin Luther King Jr., (laughs) of course. The whole thing's fucked, and you fucked yourself. But that is the radical message of, of... of Christ is, is, yeah. is like, nope. Yeah. No, I, we're not doing that. It's like, and, whole... and, it, and it won't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it won't work. Yeah. It, it, like, won't it doesn't work. work on that level. It the human, the... the human, it's, it's back. We're back to the human brain. will never understand the spiritual heart. Yeah. And, and so like Jesus did not start a huge religion in his time. He wasn't like, selling merch yeah he drew a crowd yeah but he was you know he wasn't like killing it in the human level yes. because that wasn't the point it was about killing it on the spiritual level yeah which will never make sense to the capitalistic or the successful yeah because he knew he had everything that he needed in this moment and all the brain and all of countries and systems want to do is prepare for a better future which does get us airplanes uh, so I'm <laughs> But, but again, like, that's out. why it it's it's just such, there's such an imbalance. We only value those things. I completely agree. I'm not, it, there's, there's such, there's such value in the human brain and in masculine energy, but it's just the only thing that we value in this completely country. Agree. So it's, it's not, and that is like, you're, yeah, like with, with Jesus or with Martin Luther King, you're just like, this is this won't work against this system but it's kind it's the only way to be you right. have to do it that you way you have to break because, a few eggs yeah and it's and you know yeah i don't know it just but what's you, weird go ahead i was just going to say when you said that it it reminded me of like arguments that i've had with people 
who are clearly just in their like logic brain. Yeah. And you just get to a point where you're like, well, I can't argue with this because I don't care about <laughs> this way of seeing it. You're yeah. only seeing it in this one way. You're not considering the body, the spirit, I, the nuance, the So I flow. was just thinking about this. So I'm adding a line to my where do you think the world came from, my God bit that I'm working on that is really one of my favorite bits, but I never, I almost never do it because I, I just need to be in the exact right mood. It's got to be the right circumstance, all this sort of stuff. But I just wrote down a new line, which I was like, we're, we're, he- we're all here, and where do you think this came from? And there's no reasonable choice. Mm-hmm. You have no reasonable choice. You can't pick a logical answer. Yeah. You can say the Big Bang Theory, which I understand is the choice of the logical group. Everything after the Big Bang is then logical. Mm -hmm. But you are taking, I know I've said this a million, but I'm going to say it a million more. Nothing, which is not just emptiness, it's nothing, which doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. We have no nothing. There is no nothing. You can't reproduce nothing. You can't show me nothing. You can show me evidence of nothing. You can Mm -hmm. show me like the mathematical concept of zero, but you can't get a test tube with nothing in it. Mm -hmm. It's teeming with life. And it's, it's just like you. It's the same thing as you in an empty vial. It's also the building blocks of you. So, but we're saying there's a hypothetical nothing that then bursts into all of this. That is, a, that is not a reasonable choice. Neither is God. I'm not saying it was a God. I'm saying it's the same choice. God, who is no thing or nothing, which is also hypothetical, neither one you can touch, taste, reproduce, photograph, quantify, yeah. or prove. What's the fucking difference? We're all on the same side. Mm-hmm. What religion has going for it and why I love religion is it has all of these techniques and principles and re- readings and writings and music that can help you commune with this thing mm. past your intellect mm-hmm. because your intellect is left with, I don't know, nothing exploded into this. Yeah, right. And that is just like, guys, at a certain point, we have to hang it up. Yeah. The brain isn't going to get you there. No. And that is not satisfying. But you have to go like, stop. Yeah. And then you can come into this and become it. Mm -hmm. I know I've said this a million times, but you can become it. You can never know it. And we'll never, that'll never sell that well. What sells so much better is a church where you go, we got it. No one else has it. And then you become your own little country, basically. Yeah. But like experiencing it. You experience it. You don't know it. And experiencing it is so much better than knowing. That's right. But knowing, I mean, your brain is usually the one that decides whether or not you're going to go to that church. And that church, the brain will just be like, well, can I thrive here? Am I going to be the boss in this belief system? Right, right. Even calling it a belief system, you know. That's right. Richard taught me about Greek logic. And it's really actually kind of funny to read it. It's funny that it was a breakthrough. That like mm. the Greeks invented this type of logic, mm. because before that, believe it or not, you had to explain to somebody. I can't really, I can't recreate it, but it's like this. It's like A is not equal to B, is logic. Mm-hmm. Like if it's A, if B was like A, we would call it A. That's basically oh, like the beginning. Wow. And if A is equal to is not equal to B, and B is equal to C, A is not equal to C. It's like math. Yeah. But you're using like points. Like this idea mm. is this. And then 
it, it goes from there. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, that really is amazing. And we've said this a million. It gets us architecture. It gets us vaccines. It gets us mm-hmm. cars and mm-hmm. all this amazing stuff. And it's the reason why this computer is recording our voices right now. Mm-hmm. But it is a, it's, it's a limp dick when it comes to trying to get, this is what Richard says, into infinity. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to understand infinity, mm-hmm. death, God, uh, mystery, basically. Like, yeah. There's this beautiful, invigorating, humbling of Mm. taking your brain out and just going, stop. And to bring it back to what you were saying earlier, uh, if we could all just come into this immediacy of this moment, Mm -hmm. really with a a mystical clarity of like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. this is insane that this is happening. Mm -hmm. From that emptiness, you could say, Let's stop killing each other. From that emptiness, you could say, it's insane mm-hmm. that we feed these people and we don't feed these people. Yeah. It's insane that these people have opportunities and these people don't. It's insane. And that is what makes the heart space. Uh, it's not addictive in a bad way, but it becomes the only game in town. Yes. When you recognize it. Yeah. When you recognize, and this is what happened on my 5MEO trip, when Pete was gone, it was unbelievable infinite potential. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to get people in. But the brain, I just wrote this down, Ramdas says, the brain veils the heart from enjoying and appreciating and merging and communing with everything. Mm. The brain comes in to turn it into a country, to draw a boundary, yeah. to make, and, and there is some goodness to that. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, and I, I think it'll come through when this stops working. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a return to like, okay, maybe all of the other cultures of the world that had a much deeper appreciation for heart space, gut sense, intuition, love, timelessness, emptiness, well, maybe they were onto something. Well, it's already starting. I mean, I'm sure it'll take a long time relatively to us, like maybe many, many lifetimes or generations. Mm. But the fact that it's already starting, that... In the 60s, in Mad Men, you know, the only psychiatrist or the only buddy you could get to help you with trauma, panic attacks, depression, any of that is was a psychoanalyst, which is still something. And like, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people get a lot out of that. But that's like you're going to lay on a couch and they're going to listen to you and tell you what's going on, like what you think. Mm. And... How many years has has it been since the sixties? It's been set fifty, sixty. It's been sixty, 60 years. years. Yeah. So only sixty years later, we now are like, that's all. You know, that's that's such a. If that is helpful, it's you know. And it's even crazy to think piece of it that this time now, like your pregnancy, the things they did to you. You know, even like an epidural, which we're like, is a miracle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in 20, 30 years, they'll be like, can you believe they used to put it in their spine? Oh, yeah. Now it's an app. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You download an app and you can't feel your waist. I mean, we still have a long ways to go with that. The fact that we have to be on our backs. I would just watch a video of like, like a pelvic bone Mm. and what it does when you're on your back. It like closes your tailbone in. So it makes it 
way crazy. You should smaller. be squatting. You should be squatting. You should be if I had to take on your a, hands and le- knees, like any other position. Yeah, absolutely. But this actually circles back to our, our full point, which yeah. is what we I think what we love about America and reality as a whole, but like this time as a whole, innovations from all sorts of countries as a whole is like again, it's the donut shop. Our country has now provided us so much comfort that we can now go, I don't want to work in a donut shop. And the donut shop is America. Yes, that's true. But my therapist, my hypnotherapist, Cynthia Morgan, who's amazing, Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen her in many years. I only went to her maybe five, six times, but she's great. Um, All of the books, all of the retreats, all of the stuff did happen in America. Mm -hmm. And America allows a flesh-eating bacteria against its own you know, better judgment to be in its country. That's a good point. And it goes, I'm actually, I care more about you than I care about myself. Like a good parent. Like I would rather you hate me. Yeah. I don't think that the country is saying that, but I, but that's fine. I I mean, mean, if they weren't, then they would shut down Berkeley. You know what I mean? They would, they would cancel a lot of classes at Yale. (laughs) (laughs) I, but I think there's, there's like you know in LA there's there's an economy in therapists and Reiki and you know so it's making money and so sure. then that's that's the language that this country speaks money yeah totally I completely agree which is one of the reasons why I think we so ubiquitously love Marvel is because we know they make so much money mm, like if Marvel movies tanked. Yeah. You'd see different reviews. I, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's, there's something to that. Yeah. Um, I, I forget what I was going to say. Shit, I think I had something. Um, the country caring about you. The country. Oh, yeah. And there's money to be made in those There things. is money to be made in the country and all that sort of... It doesn't matter. Go America. Well, I, do, I do think that... You, like, I'm not sure that, that... And when we say the country, who are we saying? But the mythology of the country is like, I care more about you than than me but i do think that there is like free like freedom is the the name of the game and we want freedom for all and yes we were saying that while deliberately oppressing other people um that's right but that it does keep going back to i do believe that this country can keep going back to that okay wait we care about freedom that's what we care about and like stumbling through it'll take a, a while right keeping your eyes fixed on personal and and corporate freedom yeah will be the guiding light is what you're saying yeah. i hear that proud. i remember to huh proud to be an american i hate that song it, everybody I mean, at least everybody. i know i'm free at least i know i'm free and i I'm won't forget the minute i don't even like me so i'm gonna stand Next to you and defend her still today. And the, I always think of Bo Burnham being like, "This is just a guy pandering, pretending." Yeah, I, get, I don't. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure he isn't. If you hear this, John, <laughs> I'm assuming it's John something. <laughs> I was going to say Johnny. There is right. coastal eliteness, or you know, urban areas, big cities that enjoy the types of conversations we're having. But one final pro pro Merca is we're doing this podcast, freedom of, I guess it's suppressed, freedom of speech. Yeah. And it's not suppressed. It's pretty fucking great. Yeah. I mean... It's pretty fucking great, and it's not special. There's a lot of other countries that have that. (laughs) No, I understand. I've seen the pilot of news. What was that Jeff Daniels show? 
Oh, it was yeah. it was an Aaron Sorkin, I think. Yeah, it was. And he has that amazing opening monologue. Oh, uh, should we play it? Can you find it? I'll see if I, I can don't know find what it. you're talking about. You don't know it? Uh-uh. Oh my God, everybody! I love this, a Jeff Daniels this, though. This is a treat. We're I, using this. I hope it's. Is a, it Studio Sixty or no? It's Newsroom. I think it is called Newsroom. Yeah. Uh, this this will be. <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy. You have to buy time. Um, okay. I'm oh, here it Jeff is. Daniels. You type in. Je- you type in Jeff Daniels, and it fills in. America is not the greatest. Oh my god! Here it is. We'll go on to the next question. You sir. My name's Stephen. Uh, I'm a junior, and my question's for Will McAvoy. Do you consider yourself a Democrat, a Republican, or a independent? I consider myself a New York Jets fan, Stephen. <laughs> Since it's been brought up. You've almost religiously avoided stating or even implying a political allegiance. Is that because, as a news anchor, you feel the integrity of your broadcast would be compromised? That sounds like a good answer. I'll take it. (laughs) There was a short piece on Vanity Fair's website uh, by Marshall Westbrook. You probably saw it, where he calls you the Jay Leno of news anchors. You're popular because you don't bother anyone. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Jealous of the size of Jay's audience. Are you willing to say here tonight whether you lean right or left? I, I wish we had started it here. <laughs> I'm voting for candidates okay. run by both major parties. Let's move on to the next question. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jenny. I'm a sophomore, <laughs> and this is for all three of you. Can you say in one sentence or less what? <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Here it is. Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, Freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Here he is. Well, the New York Jets. (laughs) No, I'm going to hold you to an answer on that. What makes America the greatest country in the world? Well, Lewis and Sharon said it, diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom. You don't look satisfied. The person doing the subtitles misspelled satisfied. What about the people? (laughs) Why is it not the greatest greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. (gasps) Gasp. See, I told you. (laughs) Valerie. You're saying yes. Let's talk about fine. But Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money, it costs votes, it costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey, and with a straight face, you're gonna tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom, Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. One of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world 
in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, periods. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, there it is. Yeah. As usual, Aaron Sorkin said it better than I ever could. <laughs> that made me want to watch that show. Yeah, I don't know why it was canceled. That is one of the one of the most. I think about that scene all the time. Yeah, it's, it's really, really great, right? It's really good. Also, I it made me want to watch West Wing again. I think I felt patriotic a couple times watching West Wing. <laughs> Absolutely. But that was during uh, old Trump's thing. And it always just made me think of what he might be doing in the same situation because Martin Sheen's president was so classy and, so, and yeah. all that. All right. I well, live in Sorkin's America. I don't know if you do. I don't know. I love Aaron Sorkin, but I'm not sure what that would look like. Yeah, it would be a lot of cocaine. <laughs> okay. That, see, that's, that's I don't know. It's don't a disease, know. Valerie. Oh, that's true. It's Should a disease. Light on here? Ooh. And we're back. We're back. That was a full circle riff. Shaky's Pizza. And I didn't know oh. if that was okay. Then you made your own addiction. And now I'm talking like Jeff Daniels. When I watch Aaron Sorkin, I talk. I start talking like the characters. And you're looking like like Jeff Bridges. Get in my life. When I was in quarantine, I was still chewing Nicorette and drinking coffee. And I was alone for two weeks. And I would watch. I would exercise. So my heart would be jacked from that. Then I would chew Nicorette, which would jack my heart rate even more, drink coffee, and watch The West Wing. I know. Question, how am I still alive? That's insane. That is insane. I just had my blood pressure done. It was excellent. Excellent. Uh, train convert. This is okay. So this is a new segment we're doing <laughs> just, on the show. Just start by saying train conversation. I found my old stand-up comedy notebook from 2004, and I thought it would be fun every once in a while to read a bit. This is in. This is very type A. It's called newbies. I'm keeping it light, not oh, new material. Oh, you have a little tab. Newbies, and it's called train conversations. I was on the train, and the doors opened, and I saw this guy I used to know standing on the platform. This is in New York. I didn't really have time to, I didn't really have anything to say to him, but it was perfect because I yelled out, hey, Tom, and he yelled out, hey, Pete, and then the doors closed and the train was whisking me away. (laughs) I'm like, that's how to do it. No time to feel awkward. I'd love to have that at the holidays. Thanksgiving, one relative at a time. Next up, Uncle Ron. (laughs) Hey, Uncle Ron. Hey, Peter, you never call, you never write, you never, doors closing. (laughs) That's enough time with Uncle Ron. Next stop, bad nephew. Oh, that's me. That's very corny. That's me looking for an ending. That's really cute. Also, the difference, I'll critique my own work. I like it, but like he needs to say something. You never call, you never write is because I hadn't yet figured out what was weird about my family. You know what I mean? That they say that? You'd have to be like, you don't drink anymore. It really is evil or something like like that. That's an opportunity to put in something that's like true sounding right yeah you never call you never write is what a 25 year old would guess uncle also uncle ron is a movie (laughs) oh captain ron oh yeah captain Captain ron Ron. (laughs) we both thought of captain ron oh here's another version it's very good see back i was on the train nope it's the same bit i think it's funny we use the word believe when we really mean i think it's funny that we use the word believe when we really mean it 
end when we don't really mean it. Oh, that's funny. I like you. Like I can say I believe in God, and I really mean it. Or I believe the post office is still open, and I know I don't know. I just believe it. Yeah, <laughs> it's there's okay. Something there. There's something. If I do it in a Seinfeld voice, it's okay. <laughs> there's the bl- phrase I believe you'll find. That's reserved for like unveiling ponies at birthday parties. Like if you look in the backyard, I believe you'll find <laughs> a special friend. <laughs> Happy birthday. But it led to believe, but if led to believe there'd be ponies, there aren't ponies. Oh, I was led to believe there'd be ponies. <laughs> that means there aren't ponies. But if you, someone says, I believe you'll find. It's just so only you're my wife for life. Wife for life, dude. Wife for life. Wife for life. I said I believe phonies, but there's a magician. Oh, I don't believe in magic. It all depends on how much you stretch the word. You could say I believe in God. Oh, you know, I, I actually use this bit. This is what's fun, what I appreciate about my brain. Is I tend to remember every joke or whatever like that I wrote. And when I was writing comedy Sex God, my book. I made that same point, I think, which is like, you can say, I believe in God. But if you say, I believe my keys are on the counter, they're not on the counter. Right. It's the emphasis. It's it. I believe. believe. I don't know if that made it. All right. This was fun. This was fun. As always, Valerie, I'm so excited. We have a date now, guys. We're going to go on a date. Yeah. Which we have. I feel like I haven't seen you and I'm loving the new job. Just a tiny update. Yeah, give an update. I love it. You know how some people love things and you're like jealous of it? Like you love how much they love it? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel a lot of the time is I'm like, look at the, like, like, here's an example. Conan, when he was doing his talk show, he was like, I mean, he's do, yeah. He'd be like, I love being backstage. A guy in a chicken costume walks by and there's someone juggling torches, rehearsing for a bit. And he loved that type of show business. Uh-huh. I was never really like a huge fan of the circus show business. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think Conan was is because that was the show business of his youth. The show business of my youth is a different world. It's full house. It's mm-hmm. all these things. So when I'm on set and we're shooting, it's they're going to change the name, but right now it's called Smallwood uh, for CBS. I look at my beer in my hand and I look at the label and it says premium light beer. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fake beer. I love it. And I really love it. Yes. It's I, nostalgic. It, it it's, just, I'm yeah. watching, T, I used to watch TGI Fridays. Oh my God. Alone. TGIF. <laughs> I used to watch Applebee's. Yeah. Alone on Friday. Like I didn't have any plans. That, that, those were my friends. Oh. And I used to notice like, on a different world. It wasn't called a Yamaha. It was called a Yamaha uh, um, drum set. Yes, and all the food looked fake and the TV was fake. And now, because of this job, I'm so grateful for, I'm in the fake living room looking at the TV that mirrors the TV that they're watching. And Katie Lowe's, who plays my wife, was just talking about today in run-through or rehearsal. She opened the door and then the people at the door take one step in. Like, is there anything more sitcom than like someone knocks on the door, you open the door, and those people take one step, step in, in and stop. Yeah. They have to do that for lighting. Right. But that feels like Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah. Kimmy Gibbler would come right in, in one step mm-hmm. and then say a funny line, and then on the laugh would move to the couch, but yeah. would let the laugh carry her to the couch. So yeah, I'm having so that like, that. so much of my life has been like trying to love things that other people love, mm. not as a whole. 
but sort of feeling left out. I always use the example of Mulaney and Kroll being like, I just love MASH or whatever. Yeah. I was never MASH. I was Full House. Yeah. And now my job is Full House. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a dream come true and I'm absolutely loving it and there's a tiny update. And I hope people watch and I hope people like it. It's so fun. I love it too. You have a, you have a poem? I do have a poem. Well, I also was just saying how glad... I am to have a date with you. Yeah, and, and that you were done in time for us to have a date. The schedule there's is the best. One, There's one night a week where we don't get a night together. It's, and I, I, I it's all, Katie and I talk about this all the time. We're just like, it's so nice. We we don't even really want to talk about it. It mm-hmm. like freaks us out. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's a success because I'm, I'm, I'm Dracula dead and loving it. So that's up to you listeners. Watch. Whatever it's going to be called, whenever it's going to be on. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Um, okay. Oh, I'll put on the. Yes, I haven't the... read this yet. I just, um, I just kind of opened to a book in the poetry book that I've been reading from on this podcast called "I Heard God Laughing: Poems of Hope and Joy, um, Renderings of Hafiz." So the poems are by Hafiz, translated by. Daniel Ladinsky. And usually when Hafiz blows our hearts open, we go, Hafiz. And this is one of those poems where he his name is in it, which I love that tradition. Like I him will, and Kabir. Yeah, him and Kabir. And I think, does Rumi do it? I think, I think I so. Okay, here's the song, Eric Satie. A wild holy band. Your breath is a sacred clock, my dear. Why not use it to keep time with God's name? And if your feet are ever mobile upon this ancient drum, the earth, oh, do not let your precious movements come to naught. Let your steps dance silently to the rhythm of the beloved's name. My fingers and my hands never move through empty space, for there are invisible golden lute strings all around. That's like... A real synchronicity. Really? That's what we were talking about, how empty space isn't empty. Sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting yeah. the poem. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I love it. But I thought you noticed too. That's I, that's crazy. Yeah. Invisible golden lute strings all all around. Sending resplendent... That's my favorite word. <laughs> we just keep interrupting. Mm-hmm. Sending resplendent chords throughout the universe. I hear the voice of every creature and plant... Every world and sun and galaxy singing the beloved's name. I have awakened to find violin and cello, flute, harp and trumpet, cymbal, bell and drum, all within me. From head to toe, every part of my body is chanting and clapping. Hafiz, the beloved has made you such a luminous man. For with the constant remembrance of God, one's whole body will become a wonderful and wild holy band. Hafiz. Hafiz. Wow. So good. At a few points I was like, maybe we picked a... Oh no, this is a great one. This is a good one. Hafiz. All right, everybody. Thanks for sharing part of our date night with us. Yeah. And? Keep it crispy. America. <laughs> Oh my god.